Welcome to the Art Lost Podcast with Seema Rao and Sophie Chalk. How are you going? We make <laughs> Sorry. Good. We make art accessible. We do. That's like the name of the game here. I don't know if we've ever really said that before, but that that's I think why we kind of found each other and why we exactly. were attracted to each other's content on the old clock app. That's certainly what I loved like about me yours. Use art in the big. Oh, me, you too. I also, I have to admit, I just also love your art. So I think it's that Stop. I thought your art is accessible. I think your art is accessible in many, many different levels. So, um, but, blush, I think we use art. <laughs> I think we use art in a really big A way, like all the mm. arts, or maybe mm. low A. All the like, A's. You know, Democrat, all the A's. But also that A's. A so that has the E attached to it. <laughs> Indeed, all the A's. All A? the A's. So yeah. did you? So, did, so you know. So this week, I have, um, I have to say, I usually these days see art, which is weird because I used to work in museums for like more than twenty years, and now I work in tech, and mm-hmm. I get to enjoy art whenever I want. Um, but I have therefore not been seeing a lot of art in real life. But this week, I went to a one of those holiday sales. Ooh. and where artists can sell stuff and I have to admit um like a market I saw a lot of yeah like a holiday market and um I saw art of all kinds <laughs> of all kinds <laughs> and um but I saw a lot of people that I knew who were in the arts and that was nice but one artwork that I liked was um called the bubble process it's actually it's a silkscreen company in cleveland where i live mm-hmm. and they do posters and um they're just so like they're, they're actually banned posters for concert venues but they're really lovely they, they do i don't know i don't know how these these people are making a they must they're making a living but it's mm-hmm. amazing because the posters were only 15 20 dollars Mm. Um, a but they were multicolored yeah but they were multicolored so you would have mm. something like one of the ones I really love and they, they have like a kind of a quality of line that you know is almost like Philip Guston like thick and like almost like somebody painted it mm-hmm. like I guess I'm guessing that they're like painting I don't know if they're doing it digitally or like in my mind like brushing on drawing fluid onto the screen mm-hmm. but like there was one and when you look at them, there's not exactly a resonance between the topic of the band and the, the the thing. Like there was one that's a cat sitting on a window looking out at a cityscape. Oh, cute. But like, I don't know what the band is. Like, you know, or like yeah. there was another one that was a chest of drawers. And what I, I just kind of loved how um, it was like a balance of business and art, right? Because mm-hmm. it's, a, it's really just a, it's like a, it's really just a concert. Mm-hmm. you know um yeah advertisement but it also was so artistic and he's selling it as art so mm-hmm. i i loved him and it, and i will say the other thing about the fairs these kinds of markets in town in cleveland um having lived here grown up here and then worked in the arts here for a long time i feel like i always know the artists so i always feel a little bit like and i know them for real but this person i didn't know them for real so it was just mm. this is just a straight up endorsement <laughs> did you see any art this week that you liked yeah i'm Sorry, I've been like looking away from the camera a bit. It's because I've been looking for the photographer that I want to share with you. Oh. Uh, uh, so I believe this is a Korean photographer, uh, Cho Gi Seok, who or Suk, who oh, does these incredible yeah. kind of, and you'll immediately see why I love it. It's because they do these 
incredible kind of 19th century painterly looking compositions with the most I'm assuming they're all dancers um Mm. but like hello is this not like my entire thing that one is great I I love the tondo are they all tondos I this just this little mini series but this is the one I shared on my story because it's amazing um and I will be posting these on website Instagram and maybe even the TikTok that we are uh using for this as well but there's also an illustrator that i found this week um Mm. is it uh julia soboliva and this is uh she's an illustrator but same kind of like i'm into like gothic cute things and they're like really sweet little what media is that i I'm really trying to figure out her work, right? Because some of it looks like a photograph. Some of it looks yeah, like a photograph. Right. So it could just be really, really good digital art. Um, but yeah. like it re- it references like cool. old paintings, you know, in their construction and how they're put together and like, but it's also very new world contemporary. Yeah. Um, yeah. So cool. I got to say, like, I'm a photographer who I don't really look at photographs for a lot of my inspiration. Um, and I think that's why my I photographs don't look like photographs in some ways. Right. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so cute. Right. Because they're like giant cats. And she's got this like re- reoccurring cat motif and character, which, of course, I am in love with because like, look at this. It's a little void cat with a person loving up on them. Oh, <laughs> it's, it's so I good. Love that. That's what I've seen this week. I live in New York. <laughs> I found all my art this week online. But hey, <laughs> that's just like one of the silly ironies of my life, right? Like you can go to galleries and you can go to museums and they're never going to show you exactly your aesthetic and the stuff that you love to see. They're going to show you like cultural tastemaker shit. So, well, and also like you just can never go to everything. I was going to yeah. message you in the middle of the week but I like lost it. There was some show in Australia that I was like, oh my God, this is a great show. Oh. Um, and I don't even know where in Australia, though I know Australia's giant, so it's not necessarily- Humongous. But, um, it's like the same size uh, as the US. Yeah, yeah. But, with but I don't know where it states. was. It was, um, <laughs> what's the pop, but it's much less populous. Yeah, we have like yeah. 20, it's probably like 25 million people at this point. It's very small. Mm. I was going to say, what's the state of the U.S. that would be comparable? But I don't want to. Go, I don't no, want to go no, down no, that. No, 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 no. It's, I don't want to go down New York State. Texas is comparable. Oh, New York to, State. Okay. <laughs> to yeah. Australia, which is insane. Yeah, yeah, um, that is insane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but my point is, like, I was thinking, how great digital access is, because mm. I'm never going to go there. I, I don't know where this was. It doesn't matter, even if it was like in Sydney or Melbourne, because if I end up getting there, it'll be closed, right? So like. It wouldn't matter. So digital access is what, you know, I mean, that's why, like, I mean, I think it's so interesting that more of the art world isn't more into being in TikTok, Mm. you know, right? Mm -hmm. Like, but anyway, um, speaking of- It's another episode. It's another episode. We can talk about that later. Though it makes me think of my TikTok, my TikTok situation of this week, which is that- This is a segment, by the way, friends. We're we're introducing segments because we're going to try and do this properly. Uh, So we're having a TikTok drama segment, which I kind of love because I love the idea. So this is drawing from our own TikTok dramas, but we can also talk about other people's. This time I'm going to use me. It wasn't, sometimes I have like weeks where I have hardcore drama. This week I have been 
I don't know if like what's happening, but my views are down. So less TikTok drama. But the TikTok drama that I was thinking about is that I had a, I did a video about Anna Odenberg or Anna Odenberg. I don't even really feel very strongly about Anna Odenberg's work. Mm-hmm. She, but somebody tagged me in a video of about her. So asked for more information. And I really um, like um, David Altfeld. And so I was going to do a David Altfeld video anyway. And so I did a um, David Altfeld and Anna Odenberg video about um, the grotesque and beauty. Because I do think that there's a big moment in art right now where people are contesting this idea of corporate beauty and Mm. they're doing it by showing grotesque. And I see it like in a lot in art, right? Because realism is having a heyday. So they're basically um, twisting realism to do the grotesque. So um, uh, yeah, and I think it's an interesting like take on beauty because beauty so, so like consumes all of social media. But well, somebody like my, commented. Like my m- most recent photo <laughs> session was grotesque. Yes. Like I'm like, oh, was, did it end up? Yeah, it's, it was. It's but it's organ. but it was it's appealing, right? Let's me. Yes, yes, yes. Drives me nuts. I like that one, but it's also because too. it's like you know running, driving by like a, a car wreck or something. But mm-hmm. so somebody commented about Anna Odenberg. Well, Anna Odenberg is just derivative of um and i and of you know of you know of other artists sorry I'm and because um the d word is like oh so spicy well and it's like to me i was like okay but like like isn't um michelangelo derivative of like perugino like isn't <laughs> i was like are we like isn't giotto per- derivative of chimabui like no, are we like, like really gonna say this with an art historian oh i know God. i was like are we going down the line like i was like you're right the and i was the, so the point what i was gonna exactly what i was gonna say i was like i was about to say to this man who was basically saying that this female artist is derivative of these male artists and I was about to say, well, those men are derivative of Goya. Go. Like, <laughs> and, like I was just about to do that. And I thought, you know what? That's not helpful. It's not gonna but the the problem with visual communication is that's the the drama for me is so that I did not. And I just let him branch. And I decided I'm not gonna host drama today. Um, but I thought about how much like historically being derivative because of the art world the way it is now and how much money is involved in it you have to look like you're doing something new Mm -hmm. but the new can't be so far new that you don't that the collectors don't want you so you're always going to be derivative the question is is it a derivative that people are willing to handle or a derivative they're not you're so right and you know what i think i walk this line so perfectly I feel like my portraiture work, even though it's, it'll be, it'll get picked up in the right space eventually, but like, it is, it is so fundamentally derivative. The point of it is that it's derivative, um, but it's, it's in a way that it's new. And it, I like that it does that to people because people are like, wait, what, what did you make this with? I'm like, 19th century process. I'm like, but your lighting design, I'm like, it's from the thirties styling. It's from the twenties concept and subject matter is contemporary like i just gave my formula formula away <laughs> luckily you're our sound editor so you can take it out but exactly. um i will <laughs> Might even i will say that i, I think 
But I, I mean, I think the, the point is also that you're saying like you're giving a formula, but that's actually not the art. And I think that's to me the essence. Like, and I was like, and the, the thing for me about some of the TikTok stuff is that it's so hard to say anything nuanced. And I was thinking about this. I was like, is it worth it? Because like people use derivative. I do think some art is truly derivative. It's too close to the original, both in time, meaning, and media. Mm-hmm. And I think the, deriva- the the nature of the derivation is what makes it interesting. But um, that, that's a lot to say in a TikTok. For mm-hmm. a person whose only point is that this female artist isn't as important as these guys are like better. <laughs> right? Like that it's was just, that person's point. It's just so clearly an opinion. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like, you know, art is obviously opinions and he's welcome to it. But sure. I was like, you know, I'm not swaying this guy's opinion. No, his no. issue is that this woman because actually other people on that video and I was thinking I'm going to do a video about this talked about and I think a bigger point and this is where I think this TikTok drama always strikes me as funny the really deep thoughts there's somebody I follow named Jess and I wish I knew their handle but we can put it in the show notes mm. um, brought up a point that I've been thinking about since and I've been thinking like very hard about how to bring this into a TikTok that the challenge, of course, is because of the male gaze and patriarchy, women, when they challenge the objectify, objectification of women, mm-hmm. end up having to objectify women. Mm-hmm. And so, like, how do you handle the fact that this art to many, like, it's like when you're being, like, sarcastic, some people don't understand the sarcasm in the mm-hmm. same way when a woman is trying to push against the norms of beauty for women by using women's beauty, some people just see the beauty. No, really. Like that's exactly some of my portfolio and this is stuff I've wrestled with, right? I have this one photo, which I am selling as a print right now, but it's my friend, Jamie, who is the most incredible art model. She's the one who's kind of like splayed out with the perfectly round breast. Um, I saw you printing it. Yeah. Her eyes are closed. (laughs) It's passive. Like it's a beautiful work of art and it's like, I have a standard of working that I know is up there with high-end photographers in history, but I look at it and I, and like the one behind me, right? This is my friend Amani. Um, he's an incredible model. He He's a self-portrait artist as well. And we did a few photos, but he's looking away in this one and his face is hidden. And when I photograph people of color now in my practice, I have them stare down the barrel of the lens because I think it's, in some circumstances i like giving people that agency in a photograph that you know doesn't exist in these like kind of fine art bodies Mm -hmm. for Mm -hmm. consumption Mm -hmm. context like Mm because there's i don't think because they're such passive poses right i just like yeah it's it's tough it's tough because also though i hear that and then i think one of the things i think about when i um think about like working with artists of color Mm-hmm. That the other challenge, of course, is that they sometimes have to project what the market wants. So now the market wants artists of color looking at the camera. Yeah, that's true. But maybe you want to be like a pre-Raphaelite who's looking away. Mm. Right. And like, so like it also it's like, I mean, to go back to that derivative thing, part of the reason that things have to derive in a certain way mm-hmm. is because we live in a it's a culture of visual communication. It's a yeah. it's an it's a um it, it's it's a, a crude language and a crude not crude yeah yeah but like and this is kind of one of the things that 
sorry, and this is why we need Jean in here, my friend, to have this discussion, because this is like how we talk and what we talk about all the time, right? Because me as a white artist, if I put work out there where people are all passive, that's a social commentary. That's something that people are going to pick up on and comment on. So there's a certain way of representing people that I have to prioritize in order for my work to be received a certain way and for it to make people feel a certain way. And there's like, it's especially kind of like online, right? And TikTok where you're at such a public platform. I think that there's really truly like a way that you have to manage yourself um, and manage. Yeah, it's interesting though. Yeah. It feels, it feels intimate. Like you were in your studio printing your print. So mm-hmm. it's both public and private. Like yeah. it's, there's a, it's a false privacy, but you were printing that print. And I said to you, like, I have never been to your space, but I've seen mm-hmm. your space. You are in my right? space every week. <laughs> yes, but not physically. I that's know, what, I that's what I mean. Like physically, I've never been in your space, but I've been mm-hmm. in your space every week. Or like, I've been doing these lives and I find mm-hmm. it so fascinating when people like mention like what I'm wearing or like my, my walls or whatever I'm, and I always find it really interesting. And so when they do that to me, I find it interesting. But then I watch people's lives. Like you're lo- like, whenever I see yours, I'll be like, oh, what's that print on the wall? Like mm-hmm. I'm doing the same thing, mm-hmm. right? You might even notice know, I've like added stuff to my wall in the last couple of days. Yeah, of course you did. I I was going through plates for that studio visit yesterday. And I was just like, oh, I'll put this on the wall. This is great. Um, <laughs> I'm just kind of like, wow. Did I'm, you have I'm any TikTok artist. drama? TikTok drama? You just are like... a great artist. <laughs> thanks um <laughs> i like can you believe when i applied to grad school i couldn't call myself an artist like i've come a long way in a few years no that's um, awesome no i know right um I, I suppose my drama is just like being censored again for showing an organ yeah. <laughs> in the context of yeah. like art and being sensitive I'm you just should like... describe which organ though which organ because uh... some are more censorable than others yes that's true i didn't have like intestines going everywhere um, but essentially I made a photograph in a studio setup, and I, this, I did like a behind the scenes, like set design video this week. The tintype, by the way, never gets banned because you can't tell entirely what you're looking at because it's, it's dark, it's moody. No one knows, but I can't post anything from that photo session without my content getting slammed. Um, and essentially uh kept from kept from the algorithm so that's i don't know that's my drama i feel like i have the same drama all the time because posting uh dramatic content kind of stresses me out (laughs) i do think for me it's always that i look at your stuff and it's so clearly art and when you Mm -hmm. say then like i saw the heart one before it went down um i think like one thing that's very hard about tiktok versus um art the art world is that what's considered okay and what's not okay is the exact like kind of almost the exact opposite it's the exact like I, opposite. you know what i mean That's like so true. you know like it's like so like in the art world we would never ever post like ever have an exhibition that is in art museums that is as that like is com has anything common right mm. like you know, like you're not seeing like if it's camo, it's better be like ironic camo. If it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's not yeah. it's not anything that would be it cannot look like mass market. Mm. 
And you'd like never censor a nipple in an art gallery. No, exactly. Like <laughs> what the museum that I used to I used to work at for like twenty years. I worked at this museum, and we used to laugh because we'd get these calls from schools, like religious schools. There's a there's a fairly um, sizable Orthodox Jewish community where I live, and so we'd get these calls from the orth or and actually Orthodox um, Christian as well. And so these Orthodox schools and actually Orthodox Muslim now. I don't know if they're called Orthodox. Maybe very religious Muslim. So these schools would call and they'd say, "Okay, but can you make sure we don't see any new?" and we would laugh because we were like we are the like museum of full frontal nudity because you would walk in in any any entrance there was literally a nude like right you'd walk in an entrance and there'd be like a nude right there like i'm sorry Apollo. this is the museum of tits and ass uh <laughs> no exactly exactly we would be like we are the museum of full frontal nudity and like it wasn't even like it would be like literally you walk in the door and it was like penis after penis after penis mm. like <laughs> But the thing for the art world is, I didn't even, I don't even notice them. I'm not, yeah, it's not like I'm walking dude, around, right? Like, you're like, dude, like, I don't even, like, when somebody's like, oh, that's a little. And I was like, what? It's like, you know, it's like Napoleon's niece. She's like, well, I don't know, nothing really. Yeah. But I think. I have to tell people I've seen it all, you know? Yeah, you have though, right? Like, what, yeah. but we, what you don't see is like sex but like the sexuality is is so different in mm. museums right it's so mm. arty and like you don't see like any reality in it, you know no. but I think for me about your art that I find fascinating is I think the reason you get censored is this disparity between what you're showing which is like art world normal mm -hmm. um in terms of gore and like sexuality but totally it's not normal for TikTok totally um and what I th what I thought was so fascinating was um when one of my videos of my friend Harlow got censored when I was doing a behind the scenes. So the black and white versions, and this is what is so interesting to me, the black and white versions of Harlow were fine. There were nipples, there was like implied femininity and like breast tissue, absolutely fine, absolutely fine. And then I have a color, a color version for one, that seems to change something in the algorithm's brain. There's more detail in color or in a video rather than a video of a still. And it was just like a tiny, like seven second snapshot. And there was, you know, uh, like not even nudity. There was just a breast. That was it. There was a non-binary trans feminine breast and it, got and it got taken down. And I was just like, huh, I suppose the fucked up part is that for someone trans feminine, that's all almost validating, but also it's fucked. Yeah. Um, and it's no, kind of- No, that's, that's right, right? Like, so it proves that they're sexual beings. Yeah. But it also, right, like, like, it in, proves like, that you recognize beings, femininity. Right? It yes, proves that right, you recognize, right. like, that femininity and the womanhood and, like, the sexuality of mm. that body. But then, like, yeah. that validity doesn't carry outside of that yeah. censorship. It's fucking bizarre um it is bizarre. and also because that's not my body like i think it's a really bizarre thing to kind of be dealing with the censorship of other people's bodies in the in the context of this like i and then i find i do think that there's a big responsibility in that right like i have people in my life who yeah. are major parts of my portfolio who have transitioned and i don't post stuff that yeah. i i don't think is representative of who they are or what they would be comfortable yeah. with and like because i i don't I know what's going to happen, right? Like these, mm -hmm. there's mm -hmm. just a particular kind of body and a way of living and like a certain kind of, <laughs> like if you're not cis enough, you get banned. 
but if you're too well, cis a, in terms of there's definitely of femininity, a normative force yeah yes there's yeah. like a normative force of what's acceptable in tiktok mm-hmm. what i find is then like it's even like that whole um conversations about dylan is it mulvaney is yeah. that their last name mm-hmm. yeah um i love that i love that that was the hard part the irish name for me <laughs> do you say it Mulvaney hasn't your um, country colonized shouldn't you know this that's right no it's because I, I every time I see it I think it's Mulcahy oh I used to know a lot of Mulcahy's this it's hmm. a common name like in the Irish community here Mulcahy so that's why I was it's always the thing Mulvaney it's like the end is always surprising me. but mm-hmm. anyway that like all these these conversations about Dylan and how I think that the other thing for TikTok was very very hard and I think your work falls into this is anytime anything isn't easily this or that mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so your work is not like historical photographs my work is liminal space <laughs> yeah and so yeah. like that makes the algorithm go like yeah. like the gears stop turning that's true that's yeah. really true yeah but also like back yeah. to dylan like dylan like mm-hmm. it was so weird on tiktok with dylan right because most of those crazy fans are cis people like they are cis oh. people who like I'm I'm in this world right like I'm in this drama. Uh, um, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. In- I can send you some stuff if you're interested. I I get a lot of a discourse, but um, essentially, like she's got a lot of mutuals and a lot of you know trans women and trans feminine women who love her and are very happy for mm-hmm. her, but they can't follow her mm-hmm. and be a part of her journey because it's too painful to witness because uh, she's yeah. got an extraordinary, and she's she's very open about it. She's like, I have an extraordinary ma- amount of resources. Like I'm living a life that mm-hmm. most people would never live in a lifetime. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, she's just, she's having an experience that is unlike anyone else's, like in history yeah. almost, yeah. you know? Yeah. And like yeah. there's She does seem kind though. She, she seems seem kind. I have I have like trans women who are my mutuals who are educators on the community and they're like, I love her, but like I oh, good. like I can't handle That's her good. fans. No, like, no. Because I can it's see that. they're cis people they're cis people who value like the celebrity of her transition, not uh, her personhood. And they and like these people turn against trans feminine people and trans women in the community for being like, I oh. I can't follow her. And they're like, Well, you're clearly not oh. like a part of the community and you don't value oh. blah blah blah. And it's like it's really weird. And then there's also like all of this like fucked up shit happening at the moment when there's like a bunch of trans people who are starting to use like weird boomer like Republican discourse to talk about yeah. people in their own community. And I've, it's just like, I know, I've heard that. I was like, oh, how far would we like go back to the corner? I think for me, the issue that um, with Dylan that I've noticed when I see the comments mm-hmm. is that um, it's the thing you said about celebrity. Yeah. I think that- It's the parasocial, right? It's the parasocial, but it's like, you know, now she's with, um, who's the one who's Filipino and white? Chris something maybe? Chris Olson, perhaps? um he's not trans but he's a celebrity like he's a tiktok celebrity and um like he was i think they were in a video together and i you know i think like i think that that sort of cultural of celebrity is something that people understand you know like yeah you know like i mean i think today we're going to talk a little bit about nepo babies in the art world and i do think like (laughs) this idea of celebrity is understandable because like so Dylan has been allowed to be the celebrity mm-hmm. I do think Dylan's celebrity comes also from Dylan being one I th- I do think Dylan seems nice I don't I don't like 
followed Dylan super closely, but like, you know, yeah. there was one where somebody was making fun of Dylan and Dylan did a really nice thing, I thought, about the person. But Dylan's journey is to become also from one thing to another, right? Like a clear, it goes back to like the liminality of your work. Yeah. It is not like, so I think for somebody who is maybe not totally like okay with trans they can understand going from what they perceive as a man to a woman mm. and not the in-between um yeah yeah and it's and it's so true because also when i think of, when i think about you saying that because that app also thrives off of before and afters like before and after posts go absolutely fucking wild they get an extraordinary amount of engagement like I one day just did a before and after seven hours in the dark room and it was way more popular than I could have anticipated. Um, so I think that there's maybe something in there because like there's also the like transition with me videos and there's lots of before and after mm -hmm. videos that people put mm -hmm. out there as well. And that's how a lot of people like find their community and gain their following. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't know, there's just, mm -hmm. why, why, why the before and after? Interesting. I don't know. I think that actually it's visual. Like it's mm. clear. It's a process that's implied. You mm, know. Mm -hmm. I also think for Dylan, it's there's a time. thing that I've noticed about them that, um, or her perhaps, um, mm -hmm. that um, yeah, that sure is that, she they. Yeah, her. Um, that the. Um, oh, she her. Sorry. A, I, I got what you meant. Um, <laughs> but that she's very kind of like out there right like mm. feeling telling the feeling yeah of this and it's like living like with, living with dylan like i don't think either you nor me really show a lot of ourselves exactly no, i don't mean like i'm pretending private. to be an arch yeah i'm not like pretending like i you know i'm not like pretending i'm a totally different person but it's not like i'm you know sharing i don't know mm. what like what i went to the grocery store what my favorite food is like i'm not doing any of that stuff whereas dylan is Mm. You know, it, so to, you know, to sort of transition to Nepo babies, it makes me think about the videos that Ireland Baldwin does. I don't know if you oh, ever watched my Ireland God, Baldwin. Yes. I have earned everything for myself. <laughs> yes, I've gotten it all. But the, what makeup they're doing and like, and I, you know, I don't, I don't, I mean, who knows? Like she, you know, I don't know her soul, but she, you certainly know a lot about her. Like I know about her dogs and her tattoos and her haircut and her mm -hmm. hair. And then she just sits in her car and tells you all this stuff. But it, it, the, the algorithm preferences this idea that you have no interior. It's mm -hmm. all out there. Mm -hmm. God, that's so true. Oh my God. Critical, critical insight, Seema. That's going to be oh, one no, of our but I segment, think it's interesting. segment titles. Seema's <laughs> critical insights. I don't know about that. But <laughs> I do think like for the, like the, that's like, you know, for the Nepo babies of Hollywood, I think that's also mm. what they're down, like, and, and, and the art world, not yet. I don't think there's a downfall for Nepo babies Ooh, in the art world. It's going to happen though. I can feel it. Could. it. I mean, it really, it really could. But for the celebrity ones, I think it's this idea that I think it's like, they opened up and you're like what you think you're five foot three whatever johnny depp's daughter is isn't that johnny depp's daughter who's like five foot three and a model and she says she can she just did it because she worked hard fuck off yeah and like all these people like when it's true yeah on tiktok <laughs> right like and like <laughs> both you immediately know, like oh, maybe her. <laughs> oh she's awful too but she's, um, she's like i worked so hard it's like no you stole a script yes. from winona ryder and you, like, your parents you know, are like, actors what? What are you doing? Well, your mother was 
like the other thing for me is just by virtue of the fact that their parents have been nominated for their attractiveness, right? All of their parents' jobs, like, and those kids, their parents were before like the fact that um, plastic surgery was commonplace. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of those people became famous before they had to get everything fixed. Right? Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, Don Johnson just looked and whatever his wife was, whatever um, that Johnson girl that's in, um, <laughs> I'm really bad at pop culture. Art world, so I got I. it. So Look, I. I just took someone down for Goya and Chimabui, but I can't remember the name of the girl who was in Don Johnson's daughter. That's right. Dakota. Dakota Johnson. But like, her mother was famously attractive. Her grandmother yeah. was. Yeah. So, basically, it's like, it's like social Darwinism for pretty people. 100%. And then, um, you know, right? Like, so then you already are just basically like, and then your attractive father probably had a kid with an attractive younger woman. And then mm-hmm. there you're born. And then now you're going to get like a like a leg up, right? Yeah. I But like the same thing kind of happens on TikTok, right? And this is kind of like the micro culture version of it where I see conventionally attractive people do the most inane shit they do fuck all they do fuck all Seema and it drives me nuts and they get huge followings like brand endorsement deals all this shit and I'm like I'm literally trying to change the way you think so that you can be a better person give me fucking money (laughs) like come on it's it's very true like drives me nuts oh it's so true like I was doing a talk um to a group of curators about TikTok Mm -hmm. And I was showing them TikToks and I was like, why do you think people like this? This had a lot of views. It's about art. Mm -hmm. And one of the curators who actually I would say is art world attractive, Mm. but you know, like, like we dress, right? Like we dress artsy, Um, salt and pepper hair, whatever said, oh, well, it's because that person is attractive. And Mm. I thought it was a very astute point, but I was, I agreed, but, and I had picked it for that, but I thought it was interesting that the curator noticed that that was conventional attractive. I think it's interesting because the art world also hones a different kind of attractiveness mm-hmm. like almost to be conventionally attractive in the art world would probably be a problem yeah yeah no 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 it's true they want they want like the gap tooth you know they want the like that's slightly... right they want like the artsy we're not mainstream we're cooler than that mm-hmm. i got bullied in school right right and so that's why i think art world nepo babies it's an interesting thing because what they're nepo babying on, like, you know, so if you always know something of your parents, and I think the, the famous people, they they knew how to look good because mm-hmm. the parents look good. That was their parents' job, yeah. ostensibly. You also have the money to look good. Well, that's right. Well, so the art world nepo babies, I think what they have is money and access. Mm. Right, like, I do, in fact, like Ava Lewitt, um, Saul Lewitt da- daughter. I like Saul Lewitt, and mm-hmm. I like Ava Lewitt's work. I actually mm-hmm. do like it. But I think, like, and her work is, but her work is like the next level from Solowit. So she does wall installations that are geometric and color-based, yeah. right? Yeah, she's yeah. not like going to become a Ford. She's not going to like, you know, start being like a, I don't know, Ironsmith or something, yeah. right? She's like staying within the language of it. And then yeah. you have to have been, if you were Solowit's daughter, then you probably know David Zerner, right? You've met him. You've had dinner probably with David Zerner, no doubt, yeah. right? Like you, yeah, you're like, sure, you know, you're not like... It's right? Like, um, like, you know everybody. A, do you know the cartoon artist Lunig in Australia? No. Oh, you should look him up. You'll love his stuff. But he was quite, he was in, like, every newspaper for a really long time. I can't remember his first name, but his last name is Lunig and just, like, really recognizable. 
And then his daughter is now an artist, Mina Lunig, and like everyone knows her work and she does murals and like it is clearly influenced by her father's work and like you can see the aesthetic threads. But like, I'm not going to sit back and pretend that she doesn't have an extraordinary leg up in the world because of her fucking last name. Like, come on. Well, yeah, <laughs> but it's not, you know, it's not just the last name. If you're no. like, I think about like my children, um, somebody at work asked them a question. They happen to be here, Zoom. Mm. And my there was something about a visual, right? And my mm -hmm. kids like immediately communicated about it. And then they left and they were like, they are so smart the way they could talk about like what this ad meant, like what they, they could decode the ad. And I was like, they have spent their whole life, like they literally can't remember the first time they went to a museum because they were four weeks old. <laughs> I had to go in on maternity leave. I raised to them a on museum. semiotics. <laughs> But like that bull, sadly, yes. Um, we used to totally, I would be like, do you mean need or want? Yeah. Um, but but like, you know, I was like, but th that that's not a, and they don't want to be in the arts, but like, that's not actually intelligence. No. It's accrued knowledge, right? Like mm. we all accrue knowledge from our families. And so these art world babies, half of it is that you already knew the language. You not only yeah. know the people, but you know the language. And like, you know, the culture, you know, the etiquette, which is a really, really, really big deal. But also these people are already going to look favorably upon you because they go, oh, I've known you since you were in like diapers. That's right. And I pinch your cheeks. That's right. Like, no, that's right. You're going to like them more. Look, they're going right. to like you more because they've known no. you since you were a, like a bebe. Like, that's of course. No, it's true. <laughs> like my daughter, my oldest daughter had to do an internship for her high school, right? And mm. so I, and this is another Nepo baby thing. Mm. So I was in the Cleveland art scene forever. And I was like, all right, you need to do an internship. She had to do an internship. And she's a freshman in high school, or she was going to freshman year, I guess, of high school. Mm -hmm. And I literally like messaged, texted every art person I knew from a nonprofit. I was like, who needs a high school? Who needs labor? Yeah. And she next. spent the summer, she spent the summer and she said, mom, First of all, I never wanted to be in the arts. And so like some poor kid who wants to be in the arts has no access to that. Mm -hmm. And I acknowledge that. But yeah. she also said it was very uncomfortable because all these people spent all summer being like, I've known you before since before you were born. That's I'd be so in meetings weird. and your mom was pregnant. <laughs> and she was like, that's kind of gross though, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, because- And I was like, like, they're trying to be nice, my, like, you know, yeah. or like one guy goes, one, one guy came up and he was like, wow wow, you're, she had long hair at the time. Your hair really grew in. When you were a baby, you were bald. <laughs> that is weird. But that's, but kind of, kind that's of charming. A, um, right? But like, yeah. and I'm not even, I'm not even anybody in the arts. Like I'm a lower level art person. So like, if you think about the kind of access they had, their mothers could really text. Yeah, well then, but then there's like my kind of access, right? Like I'm not from an art world family, like everyone's from medicine, but I came over here with support, right? Like I came mm -hmm. over here and I was mm -hmm. able to go to a school that gave mm -hmm. me access to nepotism babies. And I, mm -hmm. and like, I, you know, I can't sit here on this podcast and kind of not address it because like there is a form of nepotism that like I have access to that allows me to navigate the art world in a way that people who just don't have the same kind of access yeah. to wealth. No, it's don't true. have like it's all there's like tiers of classism in in all of no, this. it's true. And we both have like the very similar backgrounds. Like totally. you know, even if I didn't understand 
um, the nuances of the art world or even one, I mean, like part of, I think my challenge is that I just as a person don't like to like play the game, which causes me my own challenges. I Honestly, did go to- same. I find it exhausting. Right? It's so, I it's think about exhausting. working in a museum where everyone wants to bully me and I'm like, I, I would rather live on a farm it's, rurally. No, like... it's hellish. It's hellish. It's hellish. It like, sucks your soul right out of your nose. But, um, oh, but, but the privilege of wealth and like going to girls' school and knowing the norms and oh. knowing like if I get an invitation that I wouldn't, I have never been invited to an event where I didn't know what I was supposed to wear. Right. Right. Like I, I knew inherently, you knew because, the you know, you knew I the went clothes. to teas, I went yeah. to breakfasts, I went to brunches. Like, you know, you did those things, you know, those etiquettes. Yeah. And like, um, there's a certain amount of like circles that I know I can operate in here to get grant money and to find funding for projects because I was raised in an environment where I know how to yeah. talk to people of a certain wealth class, a certain yeah. bracket. And I also know how these people think about themselves and their money and how they want to be seen with their money, which is such, as I get older, I'm going to realize is an incredible asset because like when no, you realize, when you realize you can make them believe they're doing you a favor and making themselves look good, you can get all the money in the world. Like I have professors who did that to start up schools and art schools. It's true. The thing that you're saying though, for me is also the other thing about Nepo babies in the art world. Mm -hmm. So the idea of a Nepo baby is tied though, in the art world is tied to art being a, like high money industry. Yeah. Because if you think about like historically, sure, they were also basically Nepo babies, right? Like mm -hmm. Artemisia Gentileschi was an artist because her father was an artist. Rachel Roche's dad was a botanical illustrator. Exactly. Like exactly. They're all they're all connected. And like Toulouse-Lautrec's family was hugely wealthy, right. like wealthy enough that we were That's like, right. you know what, we're not going to discriminate against disability. Or and they, Degas. They could do or that. Yeah. yeah. The cotton cotton industry. But yeah. like, but but the literal learning of art used to be from father to son slash father to daughter. Mm -hmm. And um, and it was, they were all Nepo babies, right? Like, yep. you know, Kleiss and, you know, like anybody was learning. So many of them were. Yeah. Right, because like, why would you get into the arts? It wasn't like you were a kid historically who could draw because people weren't even using wasting paper. Like, but that. also, why would you have kids and not pass on your trade? Right, exactly. It's yeah. the job, right? Yeah. It was how you got your job. You didn't exactly. even get to pick. Exactly. Like, how many? Like, I always think I love Bruegel, both younger and elder. And I wonder though, for like the elder and the younger, like, did the for the younger, did he want to start doing these paintings or did he have to do these paintings? Yeah, we don't right? know. Like, I don't even know if they would have thought of it that way. But yeah. the way that it starts changing this Nepo baby art world thing is when the wealth changes it. Mm -hmm. So like, if you think about like, you know, people like actually, I think like, um, Jamie, NC and um, Andrew Wyeth, you know, mm -hmm. that Andrew Wyeth is the, the middle one. So NC Wyeth's son, uh, Andrew Wyeth becomes super famous. And that's also the rise in wealth with art, right? That mm. the tax structure changes, people are spending, money's getting them. And then like, I think that Jamie becomes like the a Nepo baby. His work is not, he. I don't think his work is all that good. Mm. Um, but I, I think he just knew how to like sell work. That's the only reason he exists as an totally. artist to me. Totally. Right? Right. Because what I think that's the, the reason people are upset about the Nepo babies, and like we didn't even get into dealers and collectors who were mm. Nepo babies, you know, like Picasso's grandson, <sighs> Calder's grandson. 
But also, because, like, isn't, like, curator and collector school just oh, Nepo babies? Oh, it is. Yeah. It and is. It's, it's it is. like, here's how to, like, make and launder money school, right? Yeah. No, it's true. But I will say this. Like, the thing that I think would be hard as a Nepo baby is the fact that you would be questioned for existence. Like, you know, how many professors, for example, are professors because their parents are professors? It's like, mm -hmm. it just, like, happens constantly, right? How many spousal hires are in universities? Oh, absolutely. But to, like... <laughs> Prove yourself must be hard because you are always going to think to yourself, well, I got this because of something else. Are they that self-reflective, though? I don't know no, if they are. No, maybe they're not. No, maybe and they're I, not. Maybe I, love they're... How, I love how you're like, let's be nice to the nepotism babies. No. No. But maybe the art world people are them. just as bad as Gwyneth Paltrow. Maybe they're just, <laughs> maybe like, maybe like Jordan's kid is like the same as Gwyneth Paltrow. Um, but like, and I also think like if if you've spent your life in the arts, you also can see trends. Like, I mean, I have to tell you, like, I just in 20 years can see the trends. You know, we're in yeah, realism, but it's going to it's going to swing back to abstraction in a hot second. Right. Thank like, God. you know, you I'm know, at. these trends. Yeah. You know, these trends like you can see them. And so if you've had a lifetime in it, you can buy and sell. It's basically like instead of trading. Yeah. Hundred percent. Hundred. It's like you're in the know, you know, the waves, you know, the stock, you know, the market. You know the people who are going to tell you what the worth is before the general public knows. Like it's it's basically because it's it's another form of gambling, gang. Like <laughs> that's the art world. It's just gambling. The art world is gambling, but that's why I think also when I hear people say to me, "Oh, I want to become an artist," and I think, "Are you ready for this? Okay. Are you ready why? for this?" You know, like especially people. And th this is where I do think, like, I love. This is what I love in some ways about social media, that it has started slowly to democratize the art world in slowly that, not the art surely. world with the capital, yeah. not the capital A art world, not like no. the galleries, not the museums yet, but like people can make livings, ch choose to make a living the way they want to. And so they yeah. can become like a silk screen, like the person I started with, the silk screen poster guy. Yep. Right. Like that they could be that you person. You can be a which... ceramicist who makes one kind of mug, and if it's popular exactly. on TikTok, you can make a living off of that. That sounds that's fucking right. Great. That's right. Like the goal like, now so is to be like in your thirties with your own little LLC with a community of people that's who want right. to buy your work consistently. That's it. That's the that's goal. Right. That's, that's right. Like, that's like that's the right. metric of success for like small art world stuff. So I do wonder, that makes me think, I wonder if we'll get to a new kind of Nepo baby. Like, you know, mm. so if your dad was a, if your dad was a tile maker, you became a tile maker, right? Mm. So like, will these people, will we get to a point where people can make a real like small business on making a thing like slip cast Christmas trees? <laughs> and then like, That's, I already know people like this. I think this. we might've seen the same video. <laughs> yeah. It was everywhere. It was everywhere. <laughs> Um, but like, I know, like I see people on TikTok, my mom was doing this. So I started working for her because she had enough money and now we're all making slip cast Christmas right, trees, right. which is like, goes back to the beginning of Art I World. I was just about to say, are we going to go back to like the original kind That's of right. structure? Um, we are. But we also are. like, what's going to happen to these like Nepo, like what's going to, I just, I want to know, like, okay, here's my major question for you, right? And this is totally going to be our opening episode because this is the big question. Like at what point is everyday art world and big art world going to collide because the collapse like as you've said to me before the collapse of museums is coming like it's it has to be on its way i guess like people are fed up with them like did you see the ngv in australia in victoria just had like a big thing on social media about like having absolutely no disability access 
when's it gonna but happen, you know Seema? like so i had i had worked um i used to work for a hot minute at the akron art museum which is designed by an Austrian firm called Kupim and Blau, where mm -hmm. they had disability access, but it was such a pain and they had to call ahead and you had a group entrance and then a weird it's elevator and then a second elevator. Yeah, and you're like, access. are you kidding me? And like even institutions, like I would say that at the Cleveland Museum of Art, where I worked before that, we had really better access because it just happened that way. Like, I don't know that like, in 1916, and, and and actually in a lot of museums, like MCA Chicago, Cleveland Museum of Art, Boston Museum of Fine Arts, like a bazillion museums have this idea that you need to like go to, a, basically go to a Greek temple. And so you have to climb stairs to get to the entrance. Mm. And so then they retrofit a group access that allows ADA access. Mm -hmm. But then like oftentimes that clearly means that there is a separate space to enter. Right, like it's not like we all get to go together. Yeah, <laughs> it's always it's always like take the freight. Not like obviously not, but you know it's like the back entrance, like not the main entrance. You mm -hmm. can't be a part of entering the space like anyone else can. Um, and mm -hmm. even if you are in here, we're still not going to facilitate what you need because sitting down in an art gallery, absolutely not. <laughs> Well, I think it, to go back to the Nepo babies thing, I think it's also because the art world, I don't know when they're going to collide because the art world has like, it's like hermetically sealed, right? Like it's I not going to let I anybody know. in. And the reason that the Nepo babies in the art world exist is because in some ways they can't let too many voices in. Anybody with dissent is principally like pushed out. Okay, so here's, maybe this is the proper question. Like at what point does the global flag force going in the direction of democratizing art gonna push these people out of being relevant? Well, I think the <laughs> only way that would happen is if the tax breaks, like if they change yeah. taxes, because the problem is they are the, the one Money has sent. to change, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh... I think that's the big problem, right? Like that, you know, that, um, but it's like the question I always have, like, would Kim Kardashian exist if we stopped paying attention to her? No. Like, would she have influence? No. <laughs> if we just, uh, if we just collectively went, yeah. I'm fucking sick of you. Like, and I don't want to hear it anymore. I, I don't think they would have influence. Like if people, I don't know, I like collectively, it's pretty hard to get people to make a move on anything culturally, unless they're being really violently oppressed against in a way like, you know, we're seeing in other countries right now but well I, I think know. that it happens all the time right there's somebody who's famous and then like the last yesterday I was uh talking to a friend of mine who's you know like a considerable amount younger than me maybe let's see I could actually count it she's 15 she's 12 years younger than me mm -hmm. and but we but but 12 years means we actually overlapped in styles right like yeah of course you know I would have been like older and then she, so we were talking about like bobby pins and <laughs> we were talking about like um, you know how like basically low-rise pants in the 90s had such a chokehold on everybody and um, I was saying they're Worst coming back and she's like I hope they're not really coming back and we were talking about it you know that muffin and I top think that came the... from Australia in that era from Kath and Kim no yeah. no I didn't know that mm -hmm. muffin top came from wow. Kath and Kim I'm pretty sure that is like where that originated sorry just got to insert yeah. little cultural Australian uh, anecdotes whenever I no, can I like no, that. One, no one knows about Do us it. <laughs> That's totally fine. Um, but my point is that people disappear, right? Like, I don't know mm, who we were talking mm -hmm. about. It wasn't Britney Spears because she hasn't disappeared. But there's, like, scores of people who come in and out of consciousness. There's, like, and they like maybe, maybe Britney has disappeared. I was, like, I, I saw some Britney drama the other day. But 
I get it. Like people, you know what like, I mean, right? It's like these like teen, these like child actors, right? Like friggin' uh, yeah. Macaulay Culkin, how he was like super famous as a kid, and then he like went out of yeah. public image forever, and then like came back into public image because he was a drug addict and tried to divorce his parents and like all this crazy right. shit. And then was it Aaron? He was Carter? a drug addict. I didn't know. Yeah, he was addicted to drugs for ages. And then was it Aaron Carter who died and OD'd recently? Yeah, horrible, yeah. horrible. And like it is horrible. And I was. I was thinking though that like I had completely when I saw that he died I felt really sad because mm. I um because I actually had completely forgotten about him. Yeah, me too. Me too. Like awful, like, I right? grew like... up in I grew up in the boy band era and I was like, oh shit. I remember Aaron Carter. He was like, he was the guy. Like even he made it to Australia. Like he was popular in Australia. By the time I was growing up, it was mostly American cultural influences. Like I watched The Simpsons mm. every day at six p.m. <laughs> Like, oh that's too that's too yeah that's like true. we were fully that's in true. an american media culture by the time i was growing up in australia um i don't know Nepo babies all right are well lot. there's a lot of them you know i think it's also what's interesting to me and before we switch to the end of the show i think that the thing that's interesting about the art world is though because so much of the money is secret mm. you might not know somebody's a kid of a collector you know, like, totally. I mean, yes, like schnabel maybe, but like there's many names, like you might not know. Totally. And so it allows these Nepo babies to live. Like I think Eva, Le Eva Lewitt isn't because it's a clear name. She's an artist, her dad was an artist, blah, blah, blah. But I think that many of them are under the radar, which is different than ne Nepo babies of like popular culture. To go back to sort of Dylan, that's like a celebrity of name there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think... And that's why, and this is one of the reasons that personally I draw this really hard line with like never pretending that I'm working class or like using language mm -hmm. that implies Me I'm too. working class because it's, I think it's really insanely deceitful to do that, especially when you're putting content out in terms of education. But like, you you know that those kids, there are people out there who are like, oh, I'm hustling in New York. It's like, no, you're fucking not. You are, you are not like, you are not working three jobs in the same way that other people are working three jobs. You have like, they're doing what I'm doing, right? They have content creation jobs and like a personal practice and like, you know, the ability to do what they want, um, but will cosplay as working class, which I just think is really, really strange. Um, because you have to be of a certain class to be in the art world, but to have friends <laughs> who are artists, you you probably can't be a part of those circles like it's right right absolutely absolutely, absolutely. cognitive dissonance i can't even imagine like how ugh. um so to change gears a little yes. bit um so that was deep thoughts or seem as critical insights as i'm gonna call it i guess so <laughs> so um so i was thinking about like so you know like we we consume a whole lot of media you and i mm -hmm. um oodles i know um <laughs> i am like a like mass consumer of media so i would say the thing i liked this i've been thinking about lately that i consumed is veronica roth's poster girl Ooh. so veronica roth wrote like i think divergent or something mm -hmm. let's see what she wrote some, some mass market yeah divergent um and i just got it because it happened to be in like the library so i didn't know anything about veronica roth um, and I actually didn't read Divergent, but I've been thinking about it a lot in terms of the art world because it's the story of the future. I'm not ruining this for anybody. It's the story of a future where people have to, um, 
the government requires that you have a camera embedded in your eye Ooh. so they can so they can see what you're seeing mm-hmm. and so I've been thinking a lot about this idea of and it made me think a lot about if social media is pretending to show people it goes back to what we were talking about earlier mm. like you're supposed to share yourself right so they think that you are seeing the world the people who watch our tiktoks think they're seeing the world from our lens mm. but we're still manipulating it i was just about to say everything that is filmed from my pov goes off that always is more yeah. popular it's always more yeah. popular when people feel like they're holding the phone that's right. Um, That's right. That's yeah. right. It's, you're so, you're it's spot the behind on. the scenes thing. Yeah. And so I've been thinking a lot about this book. It was a very fast read, but it made me think about also the fallacy of that, because like the whole point of this book is like, how do you like they have to like, there's a whole thing, but like the government is only try. even if you like, even if you film, if I film my whole day, mm-hmm. if I'm not, if you're not literally in my brain, understanding that the things I'm thinking, you only have half the story. You only get my imagination and perception overlay over an image. You do not get my full self. Like you get a snippet yeah. of what my consciousness is in- and unconscious is engaging in, yeah. in terms of like what I'm, and this is why I love working with kids, right? Cause you can see it so clearly happening. It's like what's happening in here and how it translates to the hands um, and how yeah. that yeah. conversation happens between the body. And that's why I think people value realism so much, right? Because it's like, well, I can finally represent what my eye sees. It's like, well, take a photograph. <laughs> I'll say that every time. <laughs> I know it's terrible. I'm just like, just take a photograph. Like abstraction is more that's fun. Right. Take a photograph. It that's is what it's there for. Fun. It is that's more fun. Like, so do you have a recommendation for us for this week? A media Ooh, recommendation? Media recommendation? Um, well, the book I'm actually, well, I say like, I have books I should read, but I do, I slowly go through books. I have, uh, one that I'm reading at the moment that I actually found through TikTok. <laughs> Sorry, there's so many horns. Um, so it's called, uh, Out From Under, Sober Dykes and Our Friends. And I think it was cool. written in the eighties. It's very, it's, it's like a beautiful lilac lavender cover too. It's very gay. Uh-huh. Um, and essentially it's this, I think she's a butch lesbian and in the, in the 80s she was kind of i think recovering from drug addiction and then she compiled she got like her community to send in all of these kind of first-hand accounts of recovering um and being sober but also being the children of alcoholics and addicts and she kind of and yeah because she puts together this whole kind of series of personal essays and stories and things and poems and music like there's music and there's compositions like it's it's fucking stunning um and she kind of goes through how there's not only this directly like symbiotic and proportional relationship between recovering from sobriety yourself and recovering from a relationship with an alcoholic or like a drug abuser because it's the same emotional process that you go through of recovery i'll i'll upload a page i think for people to read because there's this kind of idea that you know being disconnected from community and from self and all these kinds of things and from love is a function of patriarchy and then she kind of earmarks all of these people's really deeply personal essays with these moments of like what they think a better world would look like it's Hmm. it's a pretty life-changing publication and i i know i've saw reviews on tiktok of people who were like this changed my life um and it's and it's like out of print, really hard to find. I like I ran oh, to cool. Abe Books and I was like, it's mine. I need it. 
so I'm lucky I got a copy but um though I remind everybody libraries often have books that are out of print and they can ILL hey there you go because and also it's like it's essential because Zedlib is down and is gone <laughs> you know what Zedlib is yes so you can yeah no oh my god okay so Zed Zedlib or Zed Library was like the biggest online oh, piracy yeah. pdf yeah, I did. epub I did. page in the world yeah and it got taken yeah. down because some motherfucker put it like a link somewhere they shouldn't have like some dickhead and now it's all gone and like i that i got through grad school because of that website um because even though z I library yeah I'm sorry. for the z, z that was library. the z part got me confused z library yes yes <laughs> sorry sorry there was an americanism all right Ooh, i was about well, to say that's a bit uh culturally having a culturally american moment <laughs> that was a, i didn't know what the word is. zed always doesn't sound like a word to, it always sounds like a word like a guy mm. zebediah zed you know zebra that's why i'm always like it. what is a yeah 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 anyway all right Ze well, no, you say zebra whatever we do say zebra mm. i don't know like we also say you we, we're separated by so many words oregano <laughs> anyway this is a good place Bell pepper and capsicum. Yeah, sorry, I could go on. I know, I know. Uh, foot, no, aubergine. I think aubergine is so much nicer. Path. Footpath? I think aubergine, aubergine is nicer. I wish we could, like, pick and, pick and like, I think capsicum Mate. is nicer. I think aubergine is nicer. But you have to, you got to think about how eggplant sounds in an Australian accent. Eggplant. That's great. Aubergine. Fucking terrible. <laughs> so eggplant, you could use both. Eggplant could be for the emoji, and then aubergine is the thing you eat. Okay, I'll so allow I guess it. some people I'll allow it. I do think some people eat the emoji, but that's a different story. Aubergine okay, emoji so... sounds kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. All right, we've taken ourselves down a road, um, but let's come back. Thank <laughs> you for <laughs> thank you for listening to the Art Lust Podcast with yeah, where we make Seema, art accessible. Is... Sorry, can you restart oh, that one again? again? No, you do it. Yeah, look. Thank you for listening to the Art Lust Podcast where we make art accessible with Seema, who's at Artlust at TikTok, and... Sophie, Darkroom Varmint, V-A-R-M-I-N-T. I choose the worst names, because they're cool, but... <laughs> You'll never remember it, but God, my content's good when you find it. All right, I think we're done. I, I think, think we did it. I think it's great. I can hear the music playing. It's We're being phased out.